0: Please open your Bibles to the book of Joshua, Joshua chapter 2, Joshua chapter 2, verses 1 through 21, and then we'll pick up a couple verses in chapter 6, so Joshua 2, 1 through 21. And Joshua, the son of Nun, sent two men secretly from Shittim as spies, saying, Go view the land, especially Jericho. And they went and came into the house of a prostitute whose name was Rahab and lodged there. And it was told to the king of Jericho Behold, men of Israel have come here tonight to search out the land. Then the king of Jericho sent to Rahab, saying, Bring out the men who've come to you, who entered your house, for they've come to search out all the land. But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. And she said, True, the men came to me, but I did not know where they were from. And when the gate was about to be closed at dark, the men went out. I do not know where the men went. Pursue them quickly, for you will overtake them. But she had brought them up to the roof and hid them with the stalks of flax that she had laid in order on the roof. So the men Pursued after them on the way to the Jordan as far as the fords, and the gate was shut as soon as the pursuers had gone out. Before the men lay down, she came up to them on the roof and said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land, and that the fear of you has fallen upon us, and that all the inhabitants of the land melt away before you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt. And what you did to the two kings of the Amorites, who were beyond the Jordan, to Sion and Og, whom you devoted to destruction. And as soon as we heard it, our hearts melted, and there was no spirit left in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in the heavens above and on the earth beneath. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord, that as I have dealt kindly with you, You also will deal kindly with my father's house and give me a sure sign that you will save alive my father and mother, my brothers and sisters, and all who belong to them, and deliver our lives from death. And the men said to her, Our life for yours, even to death. If you do not tell this business of ours, then when the Lord gives us the land, we will deal kindly and faithfully with you. Then she let them down by a rope through a window, for her house was built into the city wall, so that she lived in the wall. And she said to them, "'Go into the hills, or the pursuers will encounter you, and hide there three days until the pursuers have returned. Then afterward you may go your way.' The men said to her, "'We will be guiltless with respect to this oath of yours that you have made us swear.' Behold, when we come into the land, you shall tie this scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down, and you shall gather into your house your father and mother, your brothers, and all your father's household, Then, if anyone goes out of the doors of your house into the street, his blood shall be on his own head, and we shall be guiltless. But if a hand is laid on anyone who is with you in the house, his blood shall be on our head. But if you tell this business of ours, then we shall be guiltless with respect to your oath that you've made us swear. And she said, According to your words, so be it. Then she sent them away, and they departed. And she tied the scarlet, scarlet cord in the window. They came back. Joshua chapter 6. and We'll take a verses 22 and 23 and, and see what happens. See, see the end of the story here. But to the two men who had spied out the land, Joshua said, Go into the prostitute's house and bring out from there the woman and all who belonged to her as you swore to her. So the young men who had been spies went in and brought out Rahab and her father and mother and brothers and all who belonged to her. And they brought all her relatives, put them outside the camp of Israel. Please be seated. This is one of the women of Christmas. It's one of the names that was read. Last week, uh, Mark got to read three verses of names. (laughs) John got to read six verses because as the story progresses, and these women in Jesus' genealogical line are mentioned, you see history unfold, and and, uh, you think of
1: Rahab, a woman who we might not think of at first as being one of the women of the Christmas
0: story, but she certainly is. She's another unlikely candidate for a name in this role. We established last week, if we were writing and talking about our relatives, if I had a relative who, um, you know, had run for president or whatever, I'd, I'd talk about him. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe not, too, but um, we don't bring up the people that might make us look bad or our genealogical line or our blood, we, we, bloodline. We're kind of careful. Yet we know for a fact all of us have a horse thief or two up there. Probably some people in some trouble. And, and uh, it's interesting that when God inspired, when he breathed out these words of, of genealogy, that he would choose these women to be
1: the ones are singled out. So here's Rahab, another unlikely candidate.
0: The setting is this. They were finally entering into the promised land. God had made a promise way back when. This land is your land. I have set this land to be your land, Israel. And he gave them their land. And it took 400 years plus for them to get there. Uh, There was a detour in Egypt along the way that lasted longer than I think they thought it would. The Red Sea was parted. The people were delivered. They were headed into the land. Some spies had gone out from Moses at that time. Ten of them brought back a bad report. Two of them brought back a good report. 40 years more wandering in the wilderness, and, and isn't it interesting that Joshua said, I'm just not going to send 12 people, I'll just send two. <laughs> two were good last time, and, and these two are, I'm sending into this land this time. So he sent them in to spy out the land, to find out uh, where they would be going, who they would be uh, at war with as God delivered
1: the land to his people. Now, their job was to spy out the land. That was their instructions.
0: They hadn't even thought about, maybe there's a woman who lives in Jericho and and, and your job is also to share the, the good news about Jesus with her or something like that. That was something that God knew about. And don't you think that that's also as much their instruction as spying out the land. God had them there for that purpose as much. We talk about something called divine appointments. God gives us these divine appointments. Things that we might not be thinking about, but we're ready for it. Somebody uh, strikes up a conversation with you. Or the for sale sign goes up in the house next to you and somebody moves in. And God, in many cases, is
1: orchestrating these conversations we have a divine appointment, and there was an appointment for them to meet with Rahab. It's like when the Bible
0: tells us about the woman at the well, and it says Jesus must go through or need to go through Samaria. And we figure out the reason why, as we read the text, he had to go there to meet her. And these people went to Jericho in God's plan to meet Rahab. So we're going to look at Rahab, and specifically at the faith of Rahab. The first thing we notice is that Rahab's faith is a gift from God. Grace abounding to Rahab. Her faith is a gift from God. She had nothing at all spiritual going for
1: her to commend her to God. The faith that God gave. Point number one. We
0: understand that the book of Joshua, as we read through it or listened to it, and we remember kind of how the progression of the Old Testament goes, the book of Joshua is a book of divine conquest.
1: It's a bloody, battlefield-filled book. And isn't it wonderful that it starts out with this story of God's grace? God was fulfilling his promise to Abraham
0: about the land. Over 400 years earlier in Genesis 15, God had said about Rahab's people, the sin of the Amalekites is not yet complete. Uh, The implication and the promise is that when the time
1: came, that land was going to God's people. And now it was complete, and it was time to move but in the midst of this wide path
0: of destruction that we read about and we scratch our heads about and we puzzle over, and that's maybe not what we lead with when we're sharing the gospel, but it's in God's word and it's true and it happened. And we look at it in the midst of that
1: wide path of destruction. Here's a woman and her family on the way to being redeemed. What did Rahab have to commend her to God what did she have going for spiritually i don't want to give away
0: the very ending right now but i want us to be thinking about what did we have for us heard a radio preacher who's a pretty good one say there was a woman in his church and she said god Please save Bob Hope, because if Bob Hope got saved, he has a wide audience. He could reach a lot of people for you. <laughs> and this pastor said, well, you know what? God's the one who does the reaching of the people, and there's no buddy strategically uh, that if God would only save them, then the dominoes would all fall in place. Uh, we can't say uh, that we have or somebody has anything to commend them, but look at the strikes that were there against Rahab. For one, she was a Gentile. She was an outsider. She was not part of God's people, Israel. We talked last week about Tamar. And we said, well, Tamar didn't have very many advantages. But think of the advantages that Tamar had that Rahab did not have. Tamar had heard of the promise. She was only three generations removed from Abraham. She was married into the family. Just like some of us uh, no stories of our grandparents, and 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 maybe even some of some of us are uh, tracking with things that happened in our great grandparents' life. Tamar would have known about Abraham. She would have known about God's promise of the son. She would have heard. The family stories that they get-togethers of how God put Abraham into that sleep and, and divided the animals and, and made the covenant with himself. Uh, Tamar didn't have a lot of advantages and a lot of spiritual knowledge, but compare what she had
1: with what Rahab had. Tamar would have known about God providing the ram in the
0: thicket. She would have had that gospel picture. Rahab had nothing.
1: She was outsider. She didn't grow up in the church. She's like one of these little people saying, who's Mary at Christmas time? Nothing.
0: In addition to this, she was not just a Gentile outsider from uh, the law that had been handed down from God's people. She had, didn't get to see um, the pictures of Christ and sacrifices and things. She had none of that Even more so, she was part of this group of people
1: called the Amalekites who were historically very violent, very wicked. To the point where God said, I'm going to vomit them out of the land. One thing they did,
0: the Amorites were one of a group of people who would sacrifice their children
1: in religious ceremonies. Religious practices involved taking the life of their own babies. God's never been pleased with cultures that kill their innocent kids.
0: And then you think not just about her as a Gentile, outsider, away from hearing anything about God, just growing up like everybody else, living and dying. And not just part of the Amalekites, but then you think of her own profession among her godless people. We don't know how they regarded the 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 profession that she was in. Uh, they knew where to look. Strange men have come to town. <laughs> Whose door are they knocking on first? You know, we don't find them at Rahab's. We might find them somewhere else. But well, let's go to Rahab's house. Um. There's no indication that they look at her as lower, but there's an indication from God's word and against the Lord and what God has set uh, as his standard, where he put Adam and Eve together, where he talked about a husband uh, leaving and and, and cleaving to his wife, where he talked about the husband and wife and those marital relations uh, being what is biblical and proper even the husband and wife, as they
1: mirror and picture Christ and his bride. Rahab wasn't living any of that. She was well off the mark sexually when it came to God's standard. She did have her business with the flax. She had a lot of things
0: Likable. I bet. I bet if you sat down and, and somehow the language barrier was overcome and you were in a time machine or she was, boy, I bet. I bet she'd be fun to have a conversation with. She was. Uh, think of her even making the strategy for them and saying, "Hit the woods for three days, then come back." And she knew kind of how things were going. Uh, there, there's a lot, a lot likable about her. To people like us, but there was nothing commendable to God about her and the way she was living. And her salvation was a free gift of God's grace. God plucked her out. Uh, the odds of, of, of Rahab being uh, part of God's people and enfolded, let alone being in the genealogy of Jesus, I mean, if you did the mathematical odds, uh, what would they be? to infinity, except not quite infinity, one, or something like that. Uh, Without God's grace and intervention, knowing her, seeking her,
1: drawing her, she was without hope. Kind of like us. Right? Kind of like us.
0: Yet in spite of all of these things, this lost woman who was way out there, somehow the message had gotten through to her to hear about the true God.
1: Faith by hearing, point number two.
0: Faith by hearing. And this would be helpful to you. Um, Some of you, I think, are familiar enough that you don't need to turn there. You can just keep listening. But it might be, might be good for you to at least jot it down or, or look at it later. But listen to me as I read Romans 10, verses 11 through 17, and we think about what it means to hear about God. Romans 10, verses 11 through 17. For the scripture says, Everyone who believes in God will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls
1: on the name of the Lord will be saved. Rahab? She calls on the name of the Lord, will she be saved?
0: Yes, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord
1: will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they've not believed?
0: And how are they to believe in him of whom they've never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent as it is written quote from the Old Testament, Paul's quoting this in Romans, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. They've not all obeyed the gospel for Isaiah says, Lord who has believed what he's heard from us. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Rahab hearing about
1: true God about the God of Israel, God's people. She had heard what had
0: happened in Egypt. She says, uh, she, she, to quote her, we've heard and we're scared. We've heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you. We've heard what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan. We've heard, and as soon as we heard it, our hearts melted the irony for Rahab is that she was in maybe the best position to hear these stories from these wandering travelers that came through this key city of, Jerusal- or of Jericho because of the profession and her business that she ran. Other people are dealing with you know, the grocery lists and, and the laundry and, and, and the day-to-day family stuff. But travelers coming to Jericho would
1: be looking pray Rahab. And God even used that life.
0: Like I said last week, that professor that said, God is so holy, God is so sovereign, that God handles sin sinlessly. He can use those things to accomplish his plan without getting his hands dirty. And here are these people saying, You heard what happened in Egypt. She goes, yeah, I heard something. Tell me more. And filling in the blanks, and all of a sudden, she got a picture because God gave her a picture of how great
1: God was and how God's people were to be feared. She'd heard about the one true God, and God did in her what he did in you if you're a Christian. He gave you the faith to believe. And she believed it. It would be good for us to examine her faith at this point as we look and
0: see what God has for us from this text. First point about Rahab's faith is that it was legitimate faith. And it was confirmed in the sixth chapter that we read where she was spared. But it's also confirmed for us twice in the New Testament. Rahab, the prostitute, mentioned it there two times. Two different writers, unless you think that James wrote Hebrews, which I've never heard anybody say. But in Hebrews and in James, both mentioning Rahab. To give context, uh, uh, Hebrews eleven twenty nine 29 through 31. It's what we call the faith chapter, and there's this Whole list, by faith this, by faith that person, by faith this person, by faith that person. You get to Hebrews 11.29, verses 11.29-31. God's word says this, By faith the people crossed the Red Sea as on dry land. But the Egyptians, when they attempted to do the same, were drowned. Next verse, By faith the walls of Jericho... Fell down after they had been encircled for seven days. Next verse. By faith, Rahab the prostitute did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. That's God's word. Again, James is writing and he's trying to write to us and talk to us about faith. And his point is talking about how, uh, uh, to quote one of our church fathers, uh, we're not. We back up. We are saved by faith alone, but not the faith that is alone. When God gives you faith, there are some works, some things to do that are evidence. He gives you those things along. Uh, you're saved by faith, by grace. You've been saved through faith, not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, etc., etc. We are His workmanship to do good works, and James is trying to make this point. And listen to the two Old Testament people, uh, one you would expect, one you might not expect. He proves his point about faith being something that, that, that there's evidence for in the life with Abraham, and then he uses Rahab. Listen to this. This is James 2.20-26. 20 Do you want to be shown... You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. And we're going, Amen, yeah, Abraham, friend of God, Abraham, Father Abraham, oh, Abraham. And then God tells us this in the very next verse. And in the same way, was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way? For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. And so we must see, this is not just some Old Testament story and Rahab's faith kind of in a temporal uh,
1: sense. Her faith was legitimate and real. It was faith that was divinely given to her, but it was faith that worked.
0: Again, this is where I originally intended to say this. We are saved by faith alone, but not the faith
1: that is alone. Listen to what Rahab did. First, she put her life on the line for God's people and God's plan.
0: What if they had found those spies up there under the flax? What if they had known of her plan? And her and all of her family that she wanted to save uh, would have been, in a cruel culture like that, what have people always done to spies when they catch them, harboring the enemy? She put her very life on the line for God's people and God's plan. Secondly, she repudiated her own past and her own people. She said, wait a minute, This culture that I was born into doesn't need to be the one I have to stay in. I don't have to stay here. There are God's people. There are people who are anti-God.
1: Sheep and goats. And she said, I'm going to join God.
0: The third one is like it, but it's even one step farther. She identified with God's people. And in the end, she was so identified with them that she became one of the people directly in the family tree of the
1: Messiah that they were all looking for. It's faith that God accepted. God received Rahab.
0: He didn't say, wait, there's those three things. What what, what were they... Gentile,
1: Amalekite, he didn't say that. Jesus doesn't refuse people who come to him.
0: John 6, 37, Jesus said, All that the Father gives to me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. No one is beyond
1: hope of salvation. No one is beyond hope of salvation. And she was received and enfolded in. One of four Gentile women listed in the line
0: of Christ. As Matthew's writing, we believe uh, to Jewish people to convince them that Jesus is the Messiah. It's not a Jewish thing or a Gentile
1: thing. It's not a race thing. It's not a male or female thing. As we say, okay, how does this apply to us in our life then? Um,
0: We are Rahab. You are Rahab. (laughs) I'm Rahab. Not a spiritual leg to stand on. We sing it. Regularly enough, nothing in my hands I bring, right? Probably remember the next line, simply to the cross I cling. You say, well, I was born into a church. I'm one of the blessed ones who grew up hearing the truth. But in and of yourself, without God's working, even being born into a church, even being coerced by some well-intentioned Sunday school teacher, even coerced by a well-intentioned parent to get that prayer out, that sinner's prayer. Uh, Without God working in you, uh,
1: there's nothing. We are like Rahab. There's nothing to commend us. We're like her piling up our offenses against the Lord.
0: And yet... Like Rahab, if, if you're a believer, like Rahab, as Rahab, there was some way that God made you hear and allowed you to hear the truth. God wanted you. God came to get you. God saved you. Maybe it was a parent. Maybe it was a co-worker. The stories that people have, and I've got to hear some of them, but not all of them, Of what God did in your life, in you hearing the good news, as He took that good news and then opened your heart and gave you that gift of of
1: repentance and faith. Like Rahab, He made sure she heard, she thought about it, God saved her.
0: When you exercised that God-given faith, you were given a promise that you would be spared from the destruction to come. She knew what was coming. She said, please, I'm helping you. I'm, I'm, I'm with you guys. I'm putting my life on the line. I believe that God, not whatever gods they had that I grew up with. And she was spared promise to be
1: spared from destruction to come that is you and me also sure as god spared rahab from physical destruction
0: you'll be spared from a far greater destruction now some people teach this and they they look when I was in seminary, there was kind of a reaction against some of these symbolism things because they said, "Don't, don't allegorize everything. <laughs> don't allegorize everything because everybody wanted to allegorize everything." Um, and so, what is it? Some people have pointed out, and maybe you believe this, and maybe you see this. Good. You know, they say the thread was scarlet, and this is a point to that scarlet thread. Well, whatever it was. Uh,
1: Reflecting the blood of Christ. You can preach a sermon on that. But I'll say this. She was saved by God's grace. There was a marker there.
0: And she was saved because God saved her. And she said, I believe in God. I want to be one of God's people. I will reject I know what's coming to these other people, but I'm lining myself up with
1: God, and God saved her. What's interesting and what may be encouraging, and I hope it is encouraging to me, I need this. She said,
0: it's not just me I'm concerned about my dad and my mom and my brothers and my sisters. Can you save them? Her faith didn't save them. Uh, The the men clearly said to her, all right, get them into your apartment, get them into that hole in the wall, whatever it is, and and whoever's there um, will be saved. But if they don't don't believe this message, if they don't believe uh, it's not our fault. They have a decision to make. But she did do what so many of us do. We have people that we love dearly. And if, boy, if we could get saved for them, boy, if we were one of these uh, cults that go get baptized for the dead to help save their souls and all that stuff, uh, we would do it if if we knew it was true. We would do it. I would do it. God said, I want you to list five people that you love dearly, that you don't think are, are, are right with God and that are, that are ready for the impending destruction. And what I want you to do is, is give up one limb for every one of them and live the rest of your life that way. What kind of man would I be if I didn't? What kind of love would I have if I didn't?
1: just it doesn't work that way. So I pray, like she prayed, can you spare my family? Pray. What did God do for her family? In her case, that family was spared. Don't give up praying. And so in the midst of destruction and judgment and nothing to live for
0: due to impending catastrophe, we see God at work. Three questions and then one statement, then we go to
1: the table. Has he worked salvation in your life? Do you understand your critical need for his grace in your life?
0: And will you repent and turn to him and embrace
1: the mercy and grace that is there for you? Turn to Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this woman of Christmas, for Rahab. Thank you for your
0: saving grace in her life. Thank you for the way it reminds so many of us of the saving grace in our lives. And we thank you that that salvation is all of you. Thank you for every time we heard the gospel and Preparation for us to uh, to to receive that. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for our families and for the generations to come. As we read about, or John read about, fourteen generations, then fourteen more, then fourteen more, and we know that uh, uh, if you tarry, and uh, quite likely those are, are going to be our stories. There'll
1: be descendants down there. We pray for them. We pray for you to
0: work in us. And we pray for a seriousness and a soberness about who you are and where we are. We pray that our feet will be those beautiful feet that share the good news of Jesus.
1: We thank you that Jesus did what we couldn't do when he went to the cross, bearing our sins in his body.